0: This is the message from Connection Community Church for the week of January 3rd, 2010. Tempted to misuse our gifts. Temptation. (laughs) It's kind of funny as we watch these kids deciding whether to uh, eat or not eat the marshmallow, isn't it? Uh, And just how challenging it can be to not eat the marshmallow. But You know, I think the reason we laugh at that is because when we look at them, who are we really looking at? And it it might not be a marshmallow, you know, but it's uh, those temptations, uh, whatever they are for each of us, and how we are facing those at any particular point in our lives. Amen? Amen. Yeah.
1: Temptation. That's what we're going to talk about today and in the next two weeks here at Connection. Well, good morning again, Connection Church. Good morning. I'm Carrie Jones.
0: And I'm Alan Jones.
1: And we're two sinners who have been saved by God's grace, and I'd like to pray in just a moment. First of all, it's really cool during these holiday times as I look out, uh, we have people return who've been gone for a while. Gabby, congratulations for making it through basic training. Yay. (laughs) Yay. Wow. Wow. You, like, look really different now, like, wow, I heard you did a great job, you know, at the top of your class. It is great to see you. Thank you for what you're doing. All right, yeah. Well, uh, let's uh, open up in prayer. God, thank you so much for sweet surprises. Thank you so much for your love that really does amaze us and even surprise us at times because we tend to be so sinful and we're tempted by all these kinds of different things and you love us anyway. Open us up, Lord, today so that we might hear your word found in Scripture and be changed and transformed by it. We pray this in Jesus' name and by the power of of the Holy
0: Spirit. And all of Connection Church said, Amen. So temptation, its um, it's been with us from just about the beginning. I mean, you read, start at the beginning of the Bible, Genesis 1 and 2. You read about God creating everything, and including us. And then in Genesis 3, boom, <laughs> Adam and Eve uh, give in to temptation. It, it's been part of our human uh, <clears throat> our human uh, condition from nearly the beginning there.
1: And you know, temptation itself is not really the bad thing. It's what we do with that temptation. Do we give in to it or do we turn from
0: it? You know, like for me, example, I think my greatest temptation is food. Now, food isn't necessarily a bad thing. I mean, we have Can anybody here sustain life without food? No, that's negatory. But the temptation to eat the wrong things, the temptation to eat too much of the wrong or good things, the temptation to give food more focus than it should actually be given. You know, these giving into these food temptations, that's probably, like I say, my biggest uh, challenge with temptation and all too often giving into that temptation. So...
1: Yeah, and don't you know, I got a treadmill for Christmas, and so we're on it for 30 minutes, and that's only 200 calories.
0: It's probably those two marshmallows that kid ate. Oh, my.
1: I mean, that's really making me think now when I put some of that stuff in my mouth that I really love. But we're going to persevere here. Mm. So the thing is, none of us, none of us are exempt from temptation. Even Jesus was tempted. We find that in the Bible. It's in the book of Luke, chapter 4. And it's very interesting, the timing of the temptation that Jesus experiences. Jesus is 30 years old, about at this point where we pick up on this story. And he's just about to begin the, his public ministry. It's the beginning of when he's um, out and about preaching and teaching. And he does something very significant and symbolic. He goes to the River Jordan where many people are being baptized by John, not the John that wrote the New Testament Gospel, but John the Baptist, John the Baptizer. He also, by the way, was a relative of Jesus Well, Jesus goes down into the water to be baptized as well. John's reaction to this we see in the book of Matthew, where John says, you know, Jesus should be baptizing him. Not John baptizing Jesus, but Jesus assures him that this indeed is what needs to be done. Since Jesus is sinless, Jesus is sinless, he did not need baptism to symbolize the cleansing. What it did was identify Jesus with humanity. That's all of us. That's you, and that's me. And humanity needs cleansing. Also, Jesus is the one who will carry the sins of the world on his shoulders. And so the baptism is is for our sins— not for his, that he will be carrying our sins, the weight of the world.
0: And so as Jesus comes out of the river, the River Jordan, after being baptized, Luke tells us that heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice from heaven said, "'You are my dearly loved Son, and you bring me great joy.'" That had to be a red-letter day, don't you think? Uh, what an incredible way to start your public ministry with that kind of affirmation and uh, encouragement. Wow, incredible.
1: And so what happens next in Luke is is interesting and also it could be a little bit disturbing. Here's what Luke says. When Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the then jesus full of the holy spirit returned from the jordan river he was led by the spirit in the wilderness where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days jesus ate nothing all that time and became very hungry yeah so we want to note two things in the scripture right now the first thing is no sooner had Jesus come out of the water and he heard the voice of his father say, you know, you are my son with whom I am well pleased. He swept right into this time of temptation. Wow. I mean, that's like, wow. And Luke says that Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. So the question for us is this. Maybe it's a statement, too. There's times when we are kind of on this spiritual high, full of the Holy Spirit, really walking close with God at a high point in our lives, and before we know it, we are met with a challenge, a challenge where we are facing temptation. We're kind of caught unaware caught off guard, were being tested.
0: And the second note is it's interesting how a single word of Scripture can have a very powerful effect on our understanding of what's being said. Let me give you an example. Jesus, full of the Spirit, returned from the Jordan. He was led by the Spirit in the wilderness where he was tempted by the devil for four days. In the wilderness, the Holy Spirit uh, led him in the wilderness, and some versions say into the wilderness. Now, if you look at it one way, it's kind of disturbing. If you look at it the other way, it's kind of comforting. If the Holy Spirit leads him into, or if you understand in, meaning leading him in (laughs) to the place where he would be tempted by Satan, that's a little disturbing, isn't it? Because if he could be led there by, what about you and me? The flip, though, he was led in the wilderness, so to speak, as he was being te- tested or tempted. Uh, so the Holy Spirit leading him, being with him, being his companion. Single word changes the, turns the meaning upside down, doesn't it? <clears throat> and and, 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 and you know, we could go back, and sometimes it's hard to know exactly what that meaning is. I like the one in myself (laughs) because I like the the idea of being comforted by the Holy Spirit. It's interesting how in some versions this this whole word um, is interpreted as tempted uh, to describe what's going on here and in other versions the word is tested. That's an interesting distinction too. A uh, discussion on this uh, in, in, this, uh, in a Zondervan's uh, NIV Concordance, this big, thick book that gives you all these Bible references. And, um, and it says this. It's interesting what they discuss this. They say the difference between tempted and tested comes from no motivation and expectation. It says that Satan tempts, hoping that our behavior might fail God's standards of faith and that we would therefore sin.
1: And on the other hand, sorry, did I miss?
0: No, I was just going to say it again, but that's fine. Go ahead.
1: Okay. On the other hand, God tests that he might determine and sharpen our true character with no focus, with no focus on making the believer fail without the hope that we might sin You see, God's hope is that this test would strengthen us for the future so that we might avoid temptations, the temptations that Satan brings. And therefore, we could avoid falling into that pit of sin.
0: And so Jesus is led in the wilderness the Spirit. This word wilderness is also a kind of interesting word. It also translates desert in some versions of Scripture. Both words, wilderness, desert, come from the Greek word eremos, which means a place that is solitary, a place that is lonely, a place that is desolate, a place that is deserted, a place that is uninhabited. It's a place that's far from civilization, a place where we're basically on our own, a place where we're deprived of the aid and protection of others, especially family and friends. Maybe you've been to such a place. Maybe you've been in such a place. And maybe it wasn't necessarily a geographical location. Maybe it was a a state of mind, an emotional, psychological, spiritual place you were in. It's a place we often find ourselves when we are hungry, angry, lonely, tired. We've talked about that before, this word halt, hungry, angry, lonely, and tired. It's a reminder, halt, for us to be careful when we are in those places because those are the ideal places for Satan to visit us and to tempt us. And you better believe he will visit and tempt us. If if he visited Jesus, he'll visit you and me. That's for sure.
1: Halt. Hungry, angry, lonely, and tired. I know for me, especially when I'm tired, that's, that's when I am just prime for Satan to get a foothold. And, um, you know, I just want to apologize to everybody. You might have been, you know, gotten a a sharp word over time. When I'm tired, I do that. I'm really, really sorry, because that's not of God. That's not good at all. Satan tempted Jesus. Satan can tempt you. Satan tempts me. Satan tempted Jesus in three ways in this particular scripture, in the desert, in the Eremos. Today, we're going to look at that first temptation. We'll look at the other two in the next two weeks. So as we shared earlier, Jesus was in the desert for 40 days. He ate nothing during this time. And therefore, he was very, very hungry. And here's what Luke tells us what happens next. Then the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become a loaf of bread. Wow.
0: See that just like we said a couple minutes ago. Satan hit him at his vulnerable point, didn't he? The hungry point, that H in that word, halt, when he was hungry. Think about this. <clears throat> if you were out there in the desert for 40 days and had nothing to eat, i bet those stones would start to look like loaves of bread to you and me as well, wouldn't they? Yeah. And, and, and here comes Satan, and, and he's going to play on that. He's going to play on that hunger. He's going to play on those mind games. He's, he's going to do whatever it takes to bring temptation to that situation.
1: And the thing is, Jesus could have easily done what Satan asked. I mean, the devil says, if you are the Son of God, well, Jesus was the Son of God. There is no if there. And so he could have turned the stone into bread. And in that situation, remember, Jesus was human and divine. It's kind of, too big to wrap my mind around, but Jesus was hungry. We know that. He was hungry, tempted. There's that word again, tempted. Very tempting. It could be very tempting to use one's own power for personal gain, to satisfy personal wants, personal needs, personal desires. And that's what Satan would have liked for Jesus to have done, to misuse the power that Jesus had to misuse his gifts.
0: But Jesus instead chose not to do as Satan suggested. He chose also not to get into a lengthy debate with him. He, he simply turned to Scripture, to the words from uh, one of the first five books of the Bible, one of the uh, books of the Bible attributed to Moses. The five books are known as also as the Pentateuch. Penta being five. Uh, they turn to the Book of Deuteronomy, the Book of the Law, and Jesus shared this when Satan suggested he turn the stone into a loaf of bread. Jesus said, "No. The Scriptures say, and this is where he's quoting Deuteronomy: people do not live by bread alone." Even though
1: Jesus was very hungry even though Satan tempted him to misuse his power, to use his gifts in order to satisfy his own needs, Jesus chose to challenge the temptation through the words of Scripture. See what Jesus did to combat that temptation? He used the words of Scripture. That's why it's so important... For us to know the scripture. We can use the words of scripture to fight when we are tempted as well. Jesus made this conscious choice to fight the temptation as hungry as he was. Because he knew. He knew that God did not want him to use his power in that other way. Jesus chose not to misuse his gifts in spite of his hunger.
0: And you know, Satan challenges us. Satan tempts us all the time to misuse our gifts, to misuse our talents, to misdirect our passions as well. Scripture tells us in 1 Corinthians 12th uh, chapter, 7th verse, that the Holy Spirit gives each believer a gift. You know, things like the gift of leadership, the gift of administration, the gift of helping others, the gift of caring for others, the gift of teaching, the gift of mercy, the list goes on and on. And if if you're uh, not familiar with your gift, we would encourage you to take a class we offer here at Connection called the uh, Network Class because it's designed to help you um, uncover and realize and put to use, uh, to God's use, the gift, the spiritual gift or gifts that God's given you.
1: And so we see that a spiritual gift is given to each of us. There's nobody here who's a believer in Christ who doesn't have a gift. Everybody has at least one. Some have more. But what we see is the gift is not to be used for our own personal gain, but it's used to help others, to build up, to edify one another. And so... Are we going to use the gifts that God's given us for God's glory to lift one another up, to help one another? Or are we going to use the gift for our own personal wants, our own personal needs, desires? In other words, are we going to use or misuse the gifts that God has given
0: So the question, I guess, is what does it look like when we misuse a gift? Well, let let me give you an example. Let's say um, if you had the gift of of leadership. And instead of using that for God's glory and for the uh, churchy word edification or the building up of others, you use that gift to, to bully other people into seeing things your way or into trying to do everything in your power to have the organization you're a part of, maybe the church, maybe some other organization, run the way you want it to run rather than the way God wants it to run.
1: Let's say that you have the gift of teaching Um, a misuse of that gift might be teaching so that you can get your agenda across instead of God's agenda. It might be taking Scripture and twisting it in a very um, unorthodox way, perverting the understanding of God's Word. There are teachers who do that, and that's a misuse of the gift.
0: You know, it can even uh, affect gifts like uh, the gift of mercy or help, you think, how, can, how could those be misused? You're, you're helping other people. Well, if somehow we use that not only to help others but to fulfill our own needs in a codependent way or in a way that's designed to bring attention to ourselves rather than, again, to glorify God and to edify those around us.
1: If we look at what happened to Jesus, we know that Satan would like nothing better than to mess with our lives, to misuse the gifts that we've all mm. been given. Satan would love us to use these spiritual gifts that God, God wired you, created you a certain way, unique and special. And Satan would love to tamper with that and have us use that in a very uh, Bad, bad way. Keep this in mind. John 10.10, 10, we say it a lot around here. Satan's one and only desire for our lives. Steal, kill, and destroy. Say those three words. Steal, kill, and destroy. If Satan, so, Satan would love us to misuse our gifts for our own personal need. That's not a good idea. On the contrary, God wants us to thrive the way that God created and wired us. God wants us to thrive and be satisfied with the way that God has given each one of us a gift to use to build one another up to help the church and any place else that we are.
0: And as we're saying this today, it doesn't mean that if we're hungry, we're not supposed to eat. Or that if we're thirsty, we're not supposed to drink. Or if we need clothes, you know, those sorts of things. Uh, What what the whole scripture is, uh, Satan hit Jesus at a vulnerable point, his hunger. And it wasn't so much about him eating, but how he was going to get that food. That using the power to turn the stones because Satan directed him to. Because Satan gave him the challenge, if you are, you see what... That's, what the, that's what's going on here. Not that he was hungry, but what Satan, you know, being in conjunction with Satan to misuse those gifts. Think about this. Can you imagine what, what your world would look like, what our world would look like if we were able to consistently use our God-given gifts for God's glory and for the benefit, for the edification of those around us? Can you imagine what your family would look like if when Satan tempted you to misuse your gifts for your personal, selfish whatever, that if you were able to instead be able to stay strong and to say no to the temptation being offered. Can you imagine what your church would look like if each and every one of us were to able to consistently use Christ as our model, and, and when we're tempted by Satan, as we so often are, if we were able to turn to God as Christ did and to reach to the Scriptures, to reach to prayer, to reach to both, and to use that power to say no to the temptation that Satan offers to us. Can you imagine?
1: Maybe that's something that you've been working on for a while that you've really tried to, you know, see and, you know, operate in, in God's ways, in God's will. If so, keep on keeping on. Praise the Lord. That's awesome. Beware. Because Satan would like nothing more than to derail your life, kill, steal, destroy. If this is something that you might want to consider today, you know, how that temptation enters your life, misusing your gifts. Today's the day. Today's the day to start focusing on that. Is Satan trying to hit you, especially at times when you're hungry, angry, lonely, and tired? What area in your life is your, your weak spot, the thorn in your side that so easily can get triggered. I know what mine are. Before we leave today, we encourage you, each one of us, to take a look at that. Take a look at that and and not run from it, but run into the arms of God. Run into uh, the arms of the Holy Spirit who will convict you and me, of those areas of our lives, guide us, empower us to walk it out the way that God wants us to walk it out. We have such a gift in the Holy Spirit. There's spiritual gifts that we're given. So the Holy Spirit's going to lead us with those gifts. We just need to beware and not let the evil one get a foothold. That's the challenge as we start our new year together. Amen? Let's pray. God, um, thank you for piercing the darkness, the darkness of our lives and coming into <coughs> the world. And wow, it's so hard sometimes to, to not give in to temptation Thank you for your Holy Spirit, the promise of the Holy Spirit. And, Lord, thank you for also wiring each one of us unique and special, each with a gift or gifts to use, not misuse. Help us use those gifts to help one another, to build one another up. We thank you and we praise you this day in your name and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And all of Connection Church said, amen.
0: Thank you for taking part in sharing the message for this week. For more information about Connection Community Church, please visit our website at www.connectioncc.org. You can also reach our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, Connecting People with Jesus and the life that he offers.